Welcome to Jesus and Coffee with Pastor Tom, where we have a little bit of coffee and a whole lot of Jesus. I've got my cup that Julie gave me today. Thank you, Julie. Um, I had to replace it because I got a bunch of my coffee cups are chipped, and Ashley keeps telling me to throw them away, but they're my favorite coffee cup, and I don't want to throw them away. All of them are my favorite coffee cup, not just one. <laughs> All right, so we are in Proverbs 13, verse 18 through 20. Let's say a word of prayer and get started. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this time that we had to study your word. Teach us something new, God. Help us to see something that maybe we didn't notice before in Scripture. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, I got three this morning, three verses, some good stuff here. Now, this section we're continuing yesterday was a lot like that. Uh, Solomon is trying to get us to understand that real wealth is knowing God. That is true wealth. At its core, that's what his, his focus is. And it's the same this morning. So we're going to see a couple more of these fortune cookie practical statements. Um, we're going to see how they, they apply to, in, in a practical sense of everyday life and living. Um, and we're also going to see the spiritual application. And we're going to see how they're rooted in the two greatest commandments as all of these Proverbs are rooted in the two greatest commandments. Love God, love others. Okay, so verse 18 here. Poverty and disgrace come to him who ignores instruction. But whoever heeds reproof is honored. Okay, practical thinking here. Obviously, at work, let's say you have a co-worker, let's say you have an employee. Nobody wants an employee or a co-worker who is a know-it-all and thinks they've already got it figured out when they really don't. Everybody wants someone who is humble enough and willing to say, I don't know what I'm doing. Please teach me. I want to learn. I want to do it correctly. If I'm doing something wrong, let me know. That's the type of person we want to work with, right? That's the type of person we want to hire. So poverty and disgrace come to him who ignores instruction. You don't want that person who doesn't listen to you because they, they take it as an offense that you would try to teach them something they don't know. Um, that you want someone who heeds reproof. Reproof is correction, okay? We want someone who heeds reproof and correction to work with. So that's the practical understanding of that, right? Uh, we want our kids to understand that. We want our kids to humble themselves and, and be willing to learn and not be a know-it-all and think they know better than the adults because we know they don't know it all and they need to learn. It's for their benefit. So there's all the practical sense there. Now, in a spiritual sense, you might look at this and say, well, hold on a second. There's a lot of people out there who don't heed reproof from God's word. They reject God's word. They reject God. And they're not in poverty. As a matter of fact, they have a lot more money than me. <laughs> they have all the money in the world. How can this make sense, spiritually speaking? Okay, and I guess practically speaking, if that's the case. Come on, Solomon. You're so wise. How does this work? Well, We've got to understand that even though this can be seen in a practical sense, someone who doesn't heed reproof will end up poor because it's better to listen and learn. You will make more money in the long run, right? You will be honored in the long run. Well, people can make a lot of money that don't heed the reproof of God's word. That happens all the time. 
There's a really interesting story um, that Billy Graham told. I heard years ago, and this was early, you know, in the middle of his, his ministry when he was much younger too. He was invited by a very, very wealthy businessman to his house. And we don't know who that person is. Billy Graham never let us know who that wealthy man was. But this man wanted to know more about what brought such joy and peace and happiness to Billy Graham's life. So Billy Graham went to this mill and they're eating at the table. And this man begins to tell his life story and tell how he has made all the money he could ever want. He, he worked hard. He worked hard. He never, he never heeded the instruction of God's word. He never really believed in God. And he chased after wealth. He chafed after material wealth, money, and everything. And he has everything. But there's a problem. He feels empty. He feels like he's lacking something. And no amount of financial gain satisfies. And so Billy Graham pretty much presented the gospel to him again and told him that true wealth was found in knowing God and having a relationship with him. And Billy Graham shares that he doesn't think the man really truly ever grasped and understood that. He was so absorbed in the idea that material things are what's going to bring true joy. And so he never knows for sure if he ever accepted Christ. But this verse applies directly to that situation. You can have all the money in the world and still be extremely poor in spirit. You can be in poverty even though you've got all the money you could ever want because you ignore the instruction of God's word and you don't heed the reproof of God's word. What does God's word tell us? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Make him your God. Make him your money that you chase after. Make him your greatest and most valuable possession. And when you have a relationship with him, you will be satisfied in a way that nothing else in this world can provide. That man was poor in spirit. He was in poverty, even though he had as much money as he could ever want. He was in spiritual poverty. So there's the two ways we can look at this verse and apply it to our life. Verse 19 says, A desire fulfilled is sweet to the soul. But to turn away from evil is an abomination to fools. How does this verse fit together? Well, a desire fulfilled is sweet to the soul. This, we all know this. This is part of our human nature. Human beings, we love competition. We love puzzles. We love games because games are puzzles. Whether it's baseball or it's Monopoly or it's a literal puzzle that we're putting together or it's video games that are puzzles or whatever whatever you know we love things like that because it's all about overcoming a challenge and so a desire to complete a challenge you know it, this can be at work too you're, you're trying to solve problems at work and it brings sweetness to the soul to be able to overcome that challenge and that problem right we all understand that this is just a practical truth about life we like things like that. What you might go hunting. You love hunting. Hunting is a puzzle, right? Your goal is to to figure out the puzzle about how to get as close to the a deer or turkey, whatever you're hunting, as close to that animal as you can possibly get so then you can shoot the animal and overcome the challenge and then now you've got food on the table, okay? So golf is the same way. And we can go on forever about all these different games. It's all puzzles and it's sweet to the soul 
when we fulfill the puzzle and the challenge. Okay, now that makes sense. That makes sense. But how does the second part of this verse make sense? It doesn't seem like these two things in this verse should fit together. But to turn away from evil is an abomination to the fool. So we got to understand, although there's practical application here, there's spiritual application too. So Solomon's trying to give us a very practical, basic metaphor, okay? You love puzzles. You love overcoming things. You know how sweet it is to overcome a challenge and to fulfill a desire and something you've worked towards for a long period of time. Well, that's exactly what it feels like, my friends, when you come to know Jesus as Savior, all right? When you are fulfilled in, in the greatest fulfillment that you can ever experience, it overflows in you. It is sweet to the soul to come to know God. The puzzle, the greatest puzzle of life, which is what is my purpose in this universe? What is the meaning of everything? That great, magnificent puzzle that people still struggle with today because they won't see the truth in God's word can be fulfilled if you just surrender to the Lord and you see his face, you see his glory in Jesus Christ. A desire fulfilled is sweet to the soul. But see, those who are fools see it as an abomination to turn away from evil, to turn away from loving the world with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's an abomination to them. They're a fool because they won't repent of loving the world and turn to loving God, which would do this right here. Okay? So practical application and the spiritual application. Verse 20 says, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of the fools will suffer harm. This is definitely practical, right? We all remember our parents saying, Listen, be careful who you make friends with and who you hang around because you will become like those people. I heard that my whole life. You hang around with foolish people, they will rub off on you, and you will become a fool yourself. You hang around with wise people, you listen to wise people, heed their instruction, you will become like them. Okay? And we should always put ourselves around people who are righteous and who are good people. Those are the ones we want to hang out with, we want to walk with, okay? We want to build our relationships with. This doesn't mean that you ignore people who who don't know Christ completely. No, we need to be a light to them. We need to be an example to them. And we need to help be the friend who leads them to the path of righteousness. But we also need to be careful that we, our most intimate relationships need to be with other people who love the Lord. Okay, those are the true wise people. All right, whenever we see wisdom in scripture talked about by Solomon, he's talking about people who fear the Lord. Proverbs 1.7, people who love God and put him first in their life okay so the practical thing is you know obviously don't hang around people who are going to get you in trouble hang around with people who are going to be smart and do the right thing and that's going to rub off on you and help you and you hold each other accountable and you encourage encourage one another and in the spiritual sense hang around people who love the lord hang around people who who lift up the lord as their greatest treasure and will push you to do the same thing you need that encouragement. You're not super strong and can just do it on your own. You need your church family who love the Lord to encourage you to love the Lord and to seek after him. And that's my number one goal every week. That's my goal with all of these things is to point people to God. The goal is to say, hey, 
Look at God. Seek after God. Find pleasure and joy in the Lord first and foremost. That's where, that is where a desire fulfilled is sweet to the soul. That's where you're going you're gonna to experience it the greatest in knowing God, okay? And, and heeding the reproof of, of Scripture. That's where you can find the greatest joy in life. And we should be doing that with one another. That's the person. That's the wise person. The wise person is going to push you to love God more than anything else. And those are the people you need to be around, okay? And we need to be encouraging one another in that fashion um, in the church. All right, so I'm going to stop there. Some good stuff this morning. Um, and uh, just remember, as always, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. Your walk with God is more important than anything. Knowing God, knowing God. Have a wonderful and blessed day, and I will see you again tomorrow. Bye.